Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 97, as we are coming super close to the start of preseason. Uh, the Rangers have made a decision on what to do with Nils, and uh, yeah, we, we got uh, we got camp going. Uh, all the players seem to have voluntarily come a few uh, weeks early, so that's all good. And I want to start the podcast off, as usual, asking Andy, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Like you said, super close to the start of the season, and we finally have Rangers-related news to talk about. Uh, as we record this on uh, Wednesday, today was the official first day of New York Rangers training camp. Uh, although they didn't get on the ice, they did do promo images and stuff for social media, and they did their off-ice testing, apparently, today. So, uh, super exciting, like you said. And obviously, we had a a big trade the other day. So, uh, yeah, like I said, there's finally New York Rangers news and the, the preseason is literally starting next week. So I'm super pumped. Yeah. And you know, kind of that trade really kind of just set the gears in motion and it kind of, you know, left the, I would say the one last thing lingering in Rangers world, uh, it kind of, you know, put a, a cap on that and and we can kind of move on and and go with what the roster that we have and obviously we knew nils was not you know pleased that he you know wasn't part of the new york rangers lineup and you know felt that he's nhl ready and i think a lot of people felt that way it's just the nature of what this team is right now you know it's built to win you know right now and unfortunately for nils he never got the full opportunity and you know it just he's going to take his talents elsewhere and you know ask for a trade and i have to say andy i was utterly shocked when i saw what we got in return and the reason being is that you know usually the team that has no leverage you know never seems to get you know uh, the better end of the deal i think we did and uh, I, I say that for two reasons. Obviously, number one, next year's first round draft, as you mentioned so many times, is super deep. And n- number two, the Dallas Stars are not a team, in my eyes, that's going to compete for a Stanley Cup. So, 
you know, they're going to be right there in the middle of probably drafting in the middle of the first round. Uh, obviously, it's lottery protected. So, um, you know, it, it just, you know, for me, it's like looking where the stars are and seeing what we got, even though they're, you know, it's a contingent first round pick. I don't see the stars being a late round uh, first pick in the next two seasons. So uh, all good things here, in, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, from a pure value perspective, considering that Nils himself requested a trade, not seeing just a, a spot for him in the Rangers blue line, uh, especially with the right side pretty much all but locked up uh, with, you know, uh, Adam Fox, Jacob Truba, and uh, Braden Schneider kind of holding down those spots. I mean, uh, yeah, I just think, also, and not even just about the position, but also just about the role as an offensive D-man. I mean, you have Adam Fox. So Nils's literal calling card, which is going to try to potentially make him the most money in the NHL, is being a right shot uh, power play defenseman, right? <laughs> because that's literally his his best asset. And you're basically, as a team, the Rangers just, you know, they don't, uh, that's locked up. Adam Fox has locked that down. We saw Tony D'Angelo move on from the team for other reasons, but you know, as much in the same way. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's literally, there was no, not a path forward for Nils on this team. So I don't, I don't necessarily begrudge him for seeking his fortune elsewhere. And I think there even was, he, you know, with his uh, local paper and Sweden, you know, he said the Rangers, you know, are a first class organization and I don't, you know, I want to thank them for their time. They were really good to me. And, uh, you know, I'm, I don't want people to think I'm like a, a diva or anything. It's just, I just didn't see a way forward. And that's honestly the truth. So, you know, whatever, best of luck to him. And honestly, Dallas just lost John Klingberg. So they might, they, they might be able to feed him power for, you know, a, a lot of power play time, potentially even on the top unit, you, you know, so, uh, it'll be interesting to see how he does there. But like I said, earlier it's from a pure value perspective the rangers did an, an excellent job he's 28th overall pick in the 2018 draft uh has had a little bit of a struggle making it to north you know taking to the north american game a little bit but again he's a young defenseman which is tough in this league anyway and especially just adapting to the game over here uh wasn't exactly put with the best partners at most times and also oh my my dog just opened the door you know, from a, like I said, from a pure value perspective, he's 28th uh, overall pick. So I would say the Rangers did a good job picking him there. But, you know, the, that first round pick they got from Dallas is uh, it's lottery protected. So and like you said, Dallas is not necessarily a very good team. So if it's anywhere in the top 10, it becomes an unprotected first next year in the 2024 draft. And. If Dallas is bad this year, I don't think they're going to be much better next year, right? This is, if anything, this is kind of the litmus test year to see how what type of team they really are. And uh, on top of that, they also got a conditional pick. They got a conditional fourth that I believe, if Nils puts up a cumulative fifty points in the next two seasons, becomes a third. So they got a first and a third for Nils Lundqvist, even though he requested a trade. So anyway, you slice it. This is an excellent piece of business by Drury. Uh, he was able to get what he wanted. And uh, listen, I, I also think a lot of most, I think most outsiders agree the Rangers won this trade, but I think a lot of them were kind of selling Nils short just be based on the fact that he maybe had trouble sticking with the Rangers. So that must mean he stinks or whatever. The Rangers ruined another prospect. That's not necessarily the case. Nils might be very good in Dallas where he gets time and you know what I mean? 
and they've done a good job developing defensemen there. But I just think best, I think best, you know, worst case scenario for the Rangers is they, whatever they do with that first, it doesn't pan out for them. Either they make a, a they choose a kid in a draft who doesn't uh, pan out or they trade it for help at the deadline. And that doesn't really do much to move the needle for them. So, right. So, but now they have options in one of the deepest drafts in recent memory. And now, even if they do, maybe they only end up using one of their firsts and they still have a first to play with in an excellent draft. So that makes me happy. But again, a lot of speculation about what might happen to that first, but just based on the trade itself, excellent job by Chris Drury gets good value. Um, and yeah, it's, we'll see how it ends up, but I am torn on whether I want that first to be this year or next year, you know? Yeah. And the reality is that that stars pick is probably more valuable than our our pick or you. Oh yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. You would hope so. Obviously. So I I think at the trade deadline, if, if we're going to bring in an asset, that's certainly, you know, it's certainly something that would, would, be a package you know i think you mentioned it right away that you know if rangers really are eyeing a guy like patrick kane that pick is probably you know sayonara that thing's going to chicago without a doubt so you know it it just i don't know i just feel like i seen the first even though it's conditional you just you, you can't believe it usually we are just not on the winning bargain of not just like a winning bargain, but usually when a situation like this, it just the whole thing's ugly and it never ends up positive. And I feel like the whole situation is positive. Nils is going to go to a team where he's going to get the play. The Rangers get a you know a, a great offer back for him, and he goes to a team where it's not like you know you know we're not going to ever the Dallas Stars and New York Rangers they're 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 not a concern of ours right now. So. Um, and he can be a part of that team for a very long time. So I, I just yeah. Think- obviously you don't hope it becomes like a Sergey Zubov situation <laughs> with <laughs> Dallas, where it's like, oh, maybe they should have given up this guy. But you know, who knows? I mean, again, I do hope Nils does well. But uh, there is clearly, I think, just from the fact that how he wants to earn his money is just was not a reality for him on this team. You know, so if anything, you're going to have a guy put in a spot that just almost maybe his spot in this team would devalue what he brings to the table, you know? So, right. And I just also, I think with Fox being a smaller guy and Jones being a smaller guy, not that Nils is a small guy. I think he's just, you know, he's average. He's like six foot five, 10 or whatever, and, and still growing. But I just think for them having Schneider's brawn and the fact that he's never going to put up a lot of counting, but he's get that tough to play against mentality. They clearly are more drawn to that, you know? So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and you know, here we are with uh, another first round pick, another asset to have, and and uh, obviously that'll be nice to have in our back pocket. And uh, for the next draft coming up, uh, two first round picks, a second round pick, uh, Colorado's third round pick, and then we have two six round picks and a seventh. So um, <clears throat> after you know the last season, pretty much giving up, you know, our third round pick, fourth round pick fifth round pick you know next year's third round pick it's just you kind of felt like you know maybe the new york rangers you know kind of blew it you know with with cop and and vetrano and giving up you know a certain amount of assets to to bring in these players and we didn't even get a chance to keep them but you know a move like this certainly brings you right back uh and and you feel good about 
you know, having, you know, draft capital, which is always important, uh, no matter where you are, whether you're rebuilding or whether you're contending for a Stanley Cup, because, um, you know, having picks and draft capital is, is just an asset that, you know, is, is can never be uh, overvalued, in my opinion. So, yeah. And listen, I think in general, the good GMs in this league are fine, creative ways out of situations. Not that this was all that creative, but I mean, you look at teams like uh, the Flyers and the Islanders who were forced to sit on their hands this summer and all the big things they promised to do, they couldn't do anyone. They did like, oh, we didn't have the Cavs, we didn't have the Flex, we didn't have this. Uh, do you ever hear Julian Breezebois or Steve Eiserman say, oh, we didn't have the cap space? They figure out that, how to make these things happen, but they also, there's a little bit of foresight uh, put into these things where they try to prognosticate the, the best way to put them in a position to maybe get creative down the line. And Drury really has done that. So it's, I think honestly, the biggest thing from this for me is that it's a confidence booster in Chris Drury's ability to make sure it's not just, you know, uh, every, everything is just blowing, blowing the wad about what's going to make this team the best now, but almost hurt them down the road. There is some foresight going on here. And you couple that with uh, just some of the bodies he brought in at the trade deadline that were literally what the the doctor ordered for this team. Yeah, it makes you more confident in his abilities as a general manager. And yeah, he's also had some pretty good contracts recently. So he's clearly got some some strengths in terms of his negotiations, whether with players or uh, other GMs, you know, whereas obviously the Buchnevich trade left a sour taste in people's mouth. But, you know, I think overall it's now it's the his good column is starting to outweigh his bad column, although granted it has been a smaller sample size. So yeah, uh, happy with the return. And again, I'm just torn as do I want it? This is a deep draft. So a part of me wants it to be 11 and the Rangers can pick at 11 uh, if they're going to keep the pick, obviously. Uh, but then there's also part of me, if they are going to keep the pick, it's like Dallas could be bad. I mean, uh, Jason Robertson's not reporting to camp right now because he doesn't have a contract. So who knows what's going to happen there? There's, a, you know, I'm not saying that's an indicator that they're, it's going to be a rough season for them, but it's a, definitely not the right foot, right? He's one of their most important pieces. So, uh, yeah, except, but exciting for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, we kind of have, uh, you know, everything, you know, go, trending in the right direction heading into camp. Uh, you know, as I mentioned before, everyone seemed to, to show up earlier than uh, what was expected. So, you know, for the first day, I guess there's a lot of positive things. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, uh, the Truba wearing the C this year. And, you know, just, uh, yeah, just a lot of positive things happening, Andy. Um, yeah. So do you want to get into the next section of our podcast here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously be today being... Uh, the first day of camp, the media did get to talk with Gerard Gallant. So basically today was they're going to from starting tomorrow with the on ice uh, practices, they're going to split into three groups and they're going to scrimmage each other with the third group just kind of being a practice group after. And they're going to rotate bodies in and out. So there will be a lot of experimenting. But Gerard Gallant did mention how he how they're going to what uh, positions they're going to start with for in practice for these scrimmages, just for what they're, they, they're hoping their team would look like. Subject to change, of course. Uh, and the only thing I'll, I'll say, because I think it'd be fun if uh, you guess what the, the, the lines and the D pairings are. Um, he did say every, there was no setbacks with any anyone. You know, it's no, nothing to worry about going into uh, 
camp here. Like you said, they everyone came early. They're going to hit the ground running. The only thing they did say is that Barkley Goodrow, because he ended the season last in the after playoffs with a broken ankle, he might not scrimmage, but he still is should be good to go for the regular season. No issues there. And every, like you said, everyone is healthy and is ready to hit the ground running. So with that being said, James, I want you to uh, how should we do this? Maybe we, um, you know, I, I, I want you to give me just give me the, the all four forward lines oh, right geez. now. <clears throat> OK, because I feel like if we do it one by one, it might just kind of give it away because you'll be like, oh, well, then, of course, this guy's going to be here. So okay. I want I want you to guess. Guess. Give me the, the four forward lines and I'll tell you how close you are. Or if, well, you, if you nailed it. Okay. Uh, I'm obviously going to go with uh, Mika, Kreider, and Lafreniere. I, I know it's just, I think it's, I don't think there's going to be a lot of experimenting. Uh, Trocek, Panarin, Kako. Then he's going to have Heedle, Blay. Oh, God. Uh, no Barkley Goudreau, right? For the scrimmage. What's up? No Barkley Goudreau for the scrimmage. No, right? I mean, he's just talking about what he wants to keep for the okay. regular. Basically, so don't... Oh, uh, what he wants to start the regular season. Yeah, so told. just imagine this is regular season. So just, you know, so you, just to, re- let's just reiterate for myself, you said Kreider's advantage, I had Lafreniere, right? Yeah. And then you said Panarin, Trocek, and then Kako. Kako on the right. And then Heedle, centering. I'm going to expect him to do... Uh, Blay and crafts off. This is where the bottom six is just going to be completely way off. And then Goudreau centering Dryden Hunt and Reeves. I I would I would imagine Carpenter is is maybe in there for Reeves. Goudreau moves to the I don't know, but that's what I'm going with. What I just said, okay. Goudreau Hunt and Reeves. I think he I think. They like Hunt. So you're saying Goudreau between Hunt and Reeves? Yes. Okay. Let's see how many positions you got correct. God. You got five correct out of, out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve spots. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, all right. So you want me to read you some well, of those? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So, or how about I'm going to give you a hint. All right. Yeah. So the first thing I would say is Lafreniere is going to start at left wing. Okay. Would you like to amend your lineup? <laughs> well, then I'm going to do the kid line. I'll do Heedle, Lafreniere, and Kako. Okay. So if the hit, if you're keeping the kid line together, who plays with Kreider and uh, Zabanajad, and who's going to play with uh, Panera and Trochuk? Oh my God! I don't. I don't know now. I mean, they're they're not. They can't possibly give Kraftsoff first line minutes. Sammy Blay, who is he going to play with on the right side? I guess with, with Benajet and Kreider. That is correct. Okay. Uh, Galant said the plan is to start Sammy Blay at right wing on the top line with Kreider and Zabanajed. Okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, interesting. Okay. So there's so the big question now is who's going to play with Trocheck and Panarin. Uh, a crafts it has to be crafts off unless uh, that according, would be incor- yeah so incorrect according to molly walker interviewing let me find it dude dude vitaly crafts will get look get first look on the second line next to artemi panarin and vincent trocek 
Gallant said he's heard nothing but good and positive things about Kravtsov since he arrived in New York uh, early to begin training camp. Says this is a big opportunity for him. Uh, he has a chance here. He needs to earn it. So he's going to start. So right now we have. I like uh, what we're doing here, though. I yeah, do. me too. I actually like the fact I, I was I was pretty vocal about saying I want the kid line to stay together. I just think it gives this team the best chance because I feel like the third line, if you take Kako and Lafreniere off the heel, I think it kind of, if anything, you can, if you can have your first lines be that and just let them literally uh, run rough shot over other teams, third lines, I think you're in a good spot, especially I think Trocek really does solidify Panarin's line. And it seems, I think Blake could be an excellent partner because you know uh, Mika and Kreider are kind of like to circle the puck. I think Blay being a body can make space for them. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah, Trochuk will do that for the other one and and that leaves uh, I think, you know, uh, Kraftsoff has pretty good hockey IQ. Hopefully him and Panarin can can play off each other kind of like Strom and him did. But obviously uh, Kraftsoff also himself has a pretty some pretty good wheels. So we'll see. Maybe we see a little bit more. We saw some good four checks from him earlier so maybe you know when he was with the team so hopefully that continues but yeah i am really ex- i was pleasantly surprised with this this news so um i think it's a pretty good oh and ob- I, we didn't talk about it, but the fourth line is going to be some form of uh you know ryan reeves and hunt with uh carpenter in the middle and goodrow you know yeah so which we expected basically Right. And that's how I, they I, see it. But who knows? That's that, that obviously they said subject to change or try things out. Does Will Cooley force does someone from Hartford surprise? You know, who knows? The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. And if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? And to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day, all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So, full disclosure, I'm a bit of a freak when it comes to audio quality. I basically always have a pair of headphones in my ears. Uh, I'm either editing this podcast, recording this podcast, listening to music, listening to other podcasts. And I do all this when I'm working out, uh, walking around the streets of New York City, riding the subway, riding the bike, running for exercise. Uh, And recently, it's been an amazing experience. Um, And do you know why? Because I've been using my brand new Raycon wireless earbuds to do all of it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever, and with their optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, they are so comfortable, they will not budge. Uh, Trust me, like I said, when I'm running, riding the bike, just moving all out and about, they do not move an inch. Raycon's give up to eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. And they're priced just right because you get quality audio at half the price of the other premium audio brands. 
It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Like I said earlier, I'm a bit of a freak when it comes to audio. So Raycon's three customizable sound profiles are perfect for me. If I want more bass, I can get it. If I want less bass, I can get it. If I want more highs, I can get them. Uh, I can just basically tailor it to the type of music I'm listening to and just how I'm feeling on any given day. Right now, go to buyraycon.com and use code THPN15 and get 15% off of your Raycon order. That's code THPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Again, buyraycon.com, code THPN15. But yeah, obviously, awesome, awesome news for me because I thought that's kind of exactly what I wanted to, to see, you know? Yeah, and it makes me feel, you know, it makes me feel good that Hunt and Gaudreau are down there on the fourth line. Obviously, we all saw what Reeves was able to bring last year. I don't think he needs to play 82 games. Uh, you know, he's 35 years old now, and just his his speed is killer. And, you know, I think he's obviously the, more there as a, as a leader and, you know, does bring a sense of security to this lineup and, and you know, to this team. You know, the one thing I will say is that, you know, I think he can be a leader more so off the ice uh, at times this season. And he doesn't always need to be in the lineup because come playoff time, you know, it's it's tough. It really is tough to have him just kind of dragging the fourth line a little bit, even though, you know, last year, it's hard, it's hard to say, you know, who, who was our best, you know, best forwards last year in the playoffs, you know? Yeah. I will say, you know, I, the good thing is some t- at times it felt like we had fo- last season, you had forwards playing out of position a little bit above their heads with your hunts and your good rows, right? Right. Uh, I don't really feel that way about much of this roster, the way it's con- currently constructed. Um, I mean, obviously the big question marks are going to be, cra- can Kravtsov keep up with Panarin and Trocek? And can Sammy Blay fit in with Cryer and Zibanejad? But obviously keeping the kid, we already know what the kid line did against other teams top lines at times in the playoffs you know what i mean watching uh uh kucherov and stamkos and uh you know the carolina's first line at times have trouble with them you know running rough shots so that's the thing they have that chemistry so why mess with it especially if honestly that's going to be your first line of the future if in a lot of ways unless you know obviously if Heedle's traded that doesn't maybe doesn't happen it's only or Kaka, who knows? But but i'm saying in in there is a reality where that's your first line of the future right so why not? And you, there's proof of concept. Keep them together. See what that version that we saw in the playoffs is like now with weight training in the summer and experience and confidence and growth and feeling good about themselves, about what they just accomplished. So, And I, uh, even Gerard Gallant, when asked, did say, what is, you know, what does this team need to take the next step? Uh, I'm sorry. All these are out of, out of order, these quotes I'm reading. Uh, where is it? I just had it pulled up. Uh, he basically said something to the effect of it all depends on the kids. If they can build off what they did in the playoffs last year, you know, to become better hockey players this year. And yeah. So, I mean, obviously I think everyone knows that, that this, this team, whether or not they're better or worse the next year really does depend on that kid line. Right. It's all right there. Everyone else is pretty much the same as they were. Obviously crafts off is new and, and Blay didn't get to play much last year, but that's their, their, this team's going to live and die with the kid line, obviously. So uh, I like it. I'm, I'm happy about it. I'm mad about it. Yeah, no. And, and I think that, 
that ultimately, like, if that fails, then the season's going to fail because it's, you know, where are we going? Other, you know, there, there's nothing you can really do to fix, you know, this core group of guys. If guys are not going to play and live up to their expectations, you know, we're not going to win a Stanley Cup. And I think what was amazing, you know, a lot of all last year was just, you know, we had a full consistent season where guys played at the level that us fans expected them to, you know, and that that's up and down the lineup. Obviously, Shesterkin and Goal had a career year, you know, one for the record books. He was just unbelievable. Uh, you know, you go on defense and you just feel like you had magic in Keandre Miller and then Schneider steps in and, you know, he's able to become, you know, a steady presence in that bottom pairing that we desperately needed. You know, Truba was more physical and his best season as a New York Ranger. Fox, you know, obviously didn't have a Norris winning, you know, season, but he was certainly a part of our offense and, you know, just his ability to take over games at times is certainly, you know, something that we needed all season long, uh, especially when, you know, the offense from our forwards is not always present, but a career year from Kreider. We had Mika staying healthy all year long. Uh, unfortunately, we lost Blay, but, you know, Panarin was able to, to be Panarin. And, and although, you know, we had, you know, some maybe a hiccup or two uh, with him, uh, you know, other than that, it was, you know, you still got Artemi Panarin, you know, a bad game was still like a three assist game. It was crazy. And then, you know, obviously the kid line was able to figure it out there in the playoffs and that contributed to our success because that third line is such a pivotal, uh, you know, just a pivotal force in all of these games because, you know, you're playing seven game series three times in a row, you know, it takes a lot out of you. You need all four lines to roll. And then, you know, you look at our fourth line and, and, you know, we said it all season long, they did great, except you just really wish they contributed a little bit more. And I I feel like this fourth line is going to contribute a lot more than what we had over the last couple of seasons. So, uh, yeah, there's just a lot to be excited about. And this, this year just feels a little bit different. It feels like we are maybe one of the top dogs and, you know, people should, you know, look at us on schedule and be like, fuck, we got to play the Rangers, you know, and for the first time in a long time, even going into the last year, I don't think there were any expectations that even remotely come close to what we're expecting this year. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, just when you think about it, it's just, I, you know, I spent all summer basically trying to prognosticate just how, whether or not this team can like pick up right where they left off or if they're going to take a step back because of losing cop and Vetrano in those spots and, you know, other factors. But I, I really do think that experience last year has had a, a permanent effect on on this team. Uh, well, at least I hope so. And I think staying healthy is a big part of that too. I do think that you know because we are obviously the team was able to do what we they did. But remember, uh, Panarin literally got hurt, and Lindgren both got hurt literally in the last three games of the season. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, you and, hope they, and cop. You, and cop, you know. So you just hope, and you know, who knows when Strom's groin injury happened? I forget, but. It's just I I just think going through that. Hopefully, this is a team much like uh, Tampa in the past, and even hell, the LA Kings, where they they got to a point where they just they knew what it took, 
and they're like, all right, we can like, we don't have to finish, you know, balls to the wall to like finish in a dogfight for second in our division. You know what I mean? They're like, once it's clinched, you're like, all right, easy, easy, squeezy. Although they do say, right, when you try play to not get hurt, you end up getting hurt more than if you played uh, to, you know, <laughs> you play recklessly. That's what they usually say. I don't whether it's true or not. I don't know. But yeah, I just feels like just from an expectations standpoint in all facets of just staying healthy and when to push the pedal down and, and just confidence. I think this team can really things, things that were, have been harder for this. We saw just mentally what a step forward this team took last year. Right. Cause it wasn't always pretty, but at the same time, it's like the last few seasons, the comp, we even lamented, I think prior to last season with under Quinn, it's like, you know, the, the comebacks that we were used to during the the good times of the Elaine Vigneau era were gone. You know what I mean? The, I, the year they won the President's Trophy, they'd be down like three goals. I'm like, oh, they're going to win this game. And they would. They'd come back and they win in overtime. You know, it just but that's been gone for a while. But this team and this new core, they finally kind of uh, found that. Uh, I apologize. Literally, someone thought it would be a good idea to start jackhammering outside at uh, 502. So I'll, I'll try to edit this one i'm not talking out so you i, I can't hear it so maybe, maybe okay it's very loud for me but i was just hoping hoping it wasn't bleeding uh thanks to my my new mic it's nice uh you know uh uh good at keeping noise out just my voice um so yeah i just to your point Jane, i just think i think this team staying healthy is going to be really important but you know hopefully based on what everything they went through last year they can you know knock on wood they can uh they yeah they can just manage their themselves physically better yeah, and you know, obviously, you know, throughout the year, the lineup's going to change. It's going to look differently. You know, Barkley Goudreau is not going to spend the whole season on the fourth line. You know, he'll, he'll be up and down. Uh, guys will get hurt. Guys will have you know slow streaks. You know, they'll be snake bitten at times. Things will change. Uh, you know, but I do like the fact that we have Gallant as our coach, who's a guy who, you know, I, I don't think he takes each individual game too seriously. He kind of, you know, takes it with the grain of salt and, and he makes changes, but he also, the changes that he makes, you don't feel like it's the end of the world. Like he's just, he's like the opposite of me where I am so up and down. So, you know, dramatic over every win and loss. The season's over with a loss that, you know, we might win the cup if we go on a three game winning streak you know, he is so even keeled back there and you can tell like last year he had fun and, you know, if the Rangers, you know, what you want the most out of the New York Rangers is just consistency. And, you know, it's not always going to be fully consistent, but you saw what happens when these players are able to put a season together and play the most consistent hockey that we've, you know, ever seen uh, from a lot of these guys. You know, especially the leaders on this team, you know, especially the Trubas, the Criders and the Zvenijads. Um, you know, Panarin's been an all-star every single season, so we can't really say much about him. But, you know, and, and you know, I, I do, you know, one of the biggest things that I'm curious about is having a full season of Sammy Blay because I really liked what he was able to bring to the New York Rangers. I thought he was a spark plug. I thought he was a guy that kind of could do it all. And uh, he was at, on his way to becoming a fan favorite and, you know, hopefully he brings and matches that energy. And, and if he's going to be playing first line minutes, he's going to, you know, th- there's going to be an expectation there. And, you know, hopefully that doesn't, you know, mess with his head or put 
over, you know, too much pressure on him. You know, I have to make up for what I missed last year. You know, I could have been a part of something special here. I let the boys down. Like he just needs to go out there and play and, you know, just be a spark plug. We all know Mika can take over at any point, you know, Kreider, obviously we know what he brings to the table. He's got to play with speed and be physical and, you know, get to the net and, you know, Sammy Blay has got to have to, you know, read the play and, and kind of keep up with Mika and, and follow suit. So, uh, Andy, I have a question for you. Um, you know, the kid line, obviously you were super excited that uh, it seems that we're going to start with them together. If there isn't immediate success, how quickly do you think Gallant will start moving them up and down the lineup? Well, I guess that's the biggest thing is that they could get broken up. A, if their line for whatever reason is just not getting it done. I actually think they might get broken up even if other lines are not getting well, it that's, done. Well, that's my point. I think that even more so if Blay, who is a, has to this point has been a career fourth at times third liner, looks out of place with that top line, then you have to put someone there. Or if maybe Panarin or Kraftsoff is just not working with Panarin and Trocek. And also Kraftsoff, you know, is going to have a much shorter leash than almost anyone on the team. Like we know this is going in, right? No one's under any illusion that's not going to be the case. So if he's struggling, he might get sent down. Although it wouldn't, he, you know, and Gallant would be, oh, it's, well, we have three, we play, we have four first lines. <laughs> you know, we roll four lines. Yeah. Yes. So in his mind, it's not a demotion, but it's a demotion. You know what I mean? Because you can't tell me he's going to give, I would like if, if the Lafreniere Heedel Kaka line looks just as good as they did in the playoffs. There's no reason they shouldn't get the same amount of ice time. If hell, if not more, because when they were on the ice, they had the puck all the time, you know, than the other lines. So we'll see. You know, I think the perfect thing for this team is the fact if that line pushing the other other two lines to be productive or else their time will suffer, you know. And if that leads to hurt feelings, so be it. Uh, I think, you know, I don't, you know, like uh, I think Kreider... And Zabanajad would also be the types that if that happened, they would probably take it in stride. Whereas Panarin might, you know, off season might be a little upset about it if his role gets diminished. But if anything, hopefully it motivates all parties involved to keep up. But that's obviously my my rose colored glasses when in reality, it, it was more likely something's not going to be working. Gallant's going to flip the switch on the blender. Uh Someone who we th- have penciled in is not going to make the lineup. Jimmy VC is going to play with, you know, Panarin and, and Trocek, you know. So there's there's obviously a lot of doomsday scenarios as far as the fan base is concerned. But, yeah, I mean, obviously they could very feasibly split the kid lineup if it's not working with the other lines. And, you know, who knows if 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 just based on play, they have to co- go with a hierarchy of minutes based on whatever they think the most successful lines are, you know, so. Uh, the only good thing I'd say is that players like Trocek who do play on the penalty kill, you know, there ha- hopefully there is a spot for one of the kids, most likely Lafreniere on the first power play. Now that Strom is gone, right? You put you put uh, Lafreniere on that side in the shooting position in the bumper slot, you know. You would hope. You would hope. You would hope. I think I feel like a lot of Ranger fans felt that should have been the case last year, and Strom just constantly yeah. got the benefit of the doubt. Um, yeah, but and listen, I I do want to as he's gone from this team, can't really. This will be my last chance to maybe really talk about touch on Strom. Although I feel like his memory of complaining about Strom will live on in you know perpetuity. But 
you know, I Strom did a good job on the power play. He had some good touches and he did good things. You know, obviously we remember the whiffed nets at even strength and this and that or in die minutes of games and stuff. But he was good in that bumper slot. He he had some scored some good goals, had some good passes. So, you know, who's to say I could honestly see thing uh, where they do give Lafreniere, but it's because he those other that other units been together all of last year and he hasn't. It's it might take him a little bit to get on. And does Galan have the patience for uh, the second best power play in the league last year if one of the cogs isn't working right out of the gate? So that's going to be the, the, the question, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I just feel like power play will be fine as long as as long as uh, Panarin's healthy and Mika's healthy. We have our, you know, trigger shooters and, you know, I'm not too worried about it. You know, I am I am very, very, you know, there's a part of me that's the only thing that makes me a little concerned is that our five on five last year, we just didn't produce enough. And that killed us, I think, at the playoffs. Uh, you know, we got to get it done on the five on five, even if it means power play, obviously, let's just say it digresses a little bit. I, we need to be better five on five, just more consistent scoring. And, you know, we got to see it up and down the lineup, you know, and, and I'm hoping if, with the kid line, we get a lot of production out of that third line. And with the what the fourth line looks like, especially, uh, you know, with Goudreau down there and Hunt an energy line that, you know, just will outwork and outsmart, uh, you know, other teams, fourth lines uh, that will get, you know, get a couple goals a week, you know? Yeah. I think a a Goudreau hunt carpenter could be a great fourth line, you know? Yeah. uh, Hunt's Hunt's got speed. I would say carpenter's pretty slow and Goudreau is on the slower side, but there's a lot of, you know, a lot of crash and bang between Goudreau's smart, much smarter player probably than the other two, uh, at least offensively, whereas de- defensively, I think the other two are fine, you know, so. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I mean, again, Reeves, Reeves is a guy who, although his personal game doesn't add too much to the to the team at times, he is a his just presence is clearly such a, a booster for the rest of the club in terms of the the vibe and the the swagger that it's like it's important to have him around. So get him in occasionally or, you know, like if you when they play the Flyers, like, please put Ryan Reeves in, you know, you know, or they right. play, or whoever. Or if you play Arizona, I want to see Ryan Reeves out there. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, or hell, even, you know, when Washington plays, I understand he's a pro- every time Washington playing, he's going to be out there. Right. But, uh, you know, when they're playing the Colorado Avalanche, <laughs> I would I would much rather have him staple to the bench. So or just you know in the in the press box with a suit on. Yeah, no, well, I I agree. Again, we don't need the 82 games and we don't need 82 games out of a lot of our players, you know. It does you let's be more cautious and be healthy and you know, let's rely on our depth this season and and be a little bit even keeled, consistent and uh you know, I don't need Although it was nice, Kreider, I don't need another 50, you know, goal season, although that would be nice. But, you know, if he told me that, you know, Kreider scored 40 and he scored, you know, a few more on the even strength, I would take it because that's that's where you win hockey games. You know, that that's where you that's the difference maker in the playoffs for sure. Like, obviously, special teams is huge and can win you a game and, and possibly a series if, if you get enough opportunities. But you know, you don't want 
you don't want a spell of, of uh, a cold spell of the power play. And that's basically your only option. If you want to win hockey games, you know, you got to bring it five on five. That's where you play a majority of your time. And, and, you know, for the Rangers, what the lineup looks like right now, I think we should expect big things. Uh, pretty wild, Andy, just looking at the schedule again, you know, we have one more podcast before we get to see preseason hockey. We have the Islanders on the 26th and on the 27th, we have the Boston Bruins. So, I mean, this is like surreal that we've made it to this point. Yeah, I mean, again, we're going to be wrapping up as soon as the first game of the regular season hits. It's season four of the Broadway Boys podcast. So, uh, yeah, like you said, very surreal, but it's so super exciting just to hear that there's no weird setbacks or anything from Gallant or, you know, there's no no non we don't have to deal with the Nils non report kind of holding out kind of looming over things or whatever and that there's a plan and the team all seems they have their captain now and uh it apparently he was sending the text messages out is that where everyone gets here early or on time no kind of no one's going to waltz in a day you know to new york a day before training camp starts you know and it just the vibes around this team seem very good right now you know right so uh that's good. You just keep building on the close knit and keep building on the motivation to do something great and uh, just keep motivated. You know, obviously, uh, Gallant had a, f- a pretty funny line, but it was also kind of apropos that, listen, no ma- as nice as last season was and how big of a step it was for them, it was last season, right? So he said, he made a crack. He said, Chris Kreider scored 50 goals last year and you bet your ass I'm going to be on him to score 50 again this year you know what I mean and that's that's what it takes is that you you take the conference from last year but you don't take it for granted the fact that you have to work to get get that get the result right so you know so they just continue to work and and just kind of grow their confidence and swagger and hopefully the result take care takes care yeah, takes care of itself oh, what a mush mouth I am sometimes huh? No, that was good. You ended it, right? Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I thought you ended it. Uh, I should have ended it, but no, I'm I'm, I'm leaving this in now because I, I like people knowing how the sausage is made. Uh, I thought... I'm just knocking the door? No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm hearing right. things. Wow. Uh, weird end to a podcast. Thank you so much for listening to us. Like I said, I'm going to go to... We have an episode dropping Monday, uh, our first day of our first preseason game. So I'll be excited to preview that with news and notes that come out of the next few days here at Rangers training camp. Some of the receipt with lines have already been jumbled by the time, you know, just four days after this podcast drops. But man, I am super excited. Uh, I believe it's going to be a high of like 65 on Friday, right? So talk about autumnal chill coming in. Uh, very, yeah. But yeah, the, the weather's changing. The season's changing. Uh, and the New York Rangers are so close to finally being back. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.